2008 has been a pretty incredible year. God's just been doing some amazing things around here, and um, God has God has been doing amazing things in your life and in my life personally. We uh, we hear stories over and over again of what God's doing, and uh, you know we are pumped up about what God's going to do this year. And uh, we thought though before we jump right into it, because next weekend we're going to hit the ground and just. 90 miles a minute. We're taking off next weekend. We thought we'd take this weekend and kind of take just a deep breath, look back at what God's done in 2008, and talk just a little bit about laying some foundation for what's coming next weekend. Now, hopefully you don't ask what's coming next weekend, because next weekend we start a series called Change. You know, all of us, I think at the beginning of a new year, we'd like to get a, another jump start on things. You know, I don't know about you, but when I, we ripped that last month off of the calendar, you know, you put up a new calendar on the wall, and it's like, Oh, yeah, I get to start over. All right, we're going to do better this year. You know, how many of you do New Year's resolutions? Thank you. I see those two hands. It's awesome. You know, I, uh, I, I usually try to do them, and sometimes it slips up on me. I'll forget that it's, you know, it's time to do that. Um, but, but I try to say, you know, what am I going to do different this year? How, how is 2009 going to be better or different? What am I going to change? And Mark's going to give us some awesome, awesome principles from God's Word starting next weekend. The first one is change your mind. You know, God's given us these tools to help us change ourselves, if you will. You know, a lot of times as, as followers of Christ, we'll sit back and say, God, please change me. You know, and that's a good prayer to pray, but God has also given us some tools already. And he says, here's some things you need to be doing in your life. And so one of the first things Mark talks about is changing your mind. The mind is the control center. If you can't change your mind, all the rest of the changes you'd like to do in your life are only temporary. They'll only last for a little while. So changing your mind, then changing your habits. I I won't ask you to raise your hands, but how many of us have habits that probably need to change in 2009? Changing your habits, then changing your attitudes, change your crowd, Change your goals. So it's going to be an incredible series, five-week series, starting next weekend. So we're really glad you guys are here this weekend, but we really want you to come back next weekend as we start that series. Now, it's kind of ironic, a little humorous, but the series that we're calling Change starts next weekend, and we also have a ton of changes around here that start next weekend, all right? Next weekend, our first service, instead of being at 9.30, will begin at 9.15, This service, you guys are unscathed by the changes. This service will stay the same, 11 o'clock. Then next Sunday, we're going to start for the first time a 1230 service. So there'll be a service after this one at 1230. So that is designed for those of you who don't need Kids World. In other words, you don't have uh, children. You don't want to, you know, I guess they could sit with you if you want. But if if you're wanting a Kids World ministry for them, we're not going to have that at 1230. It's simply us grown-up folk, all right? At 1230 next weekend, if you can help us by moving to that 1230 service, as you can see, we're, we're pleasantly full in this room today at 11. That'll help us. It helps us make more space for more people to come hear about what Jesus wants to do in their life. All right, so that's next weekend. It starts that 1230 service. There's also one other cool change that's happening. Our high school ministry that currently meets on Wednesday nights, Clayhouse, is going to be moved to 1230. So it'll sync up with that uh, service. It'll happen over in the 252 theater. So if you're the parent of high schoolers, maybe you guys want to get together and come to the 1230, and they can go to Clayhouse at, t- at 1230 as well, and that would be awesome. We... Um, as I said a minute ago, we love what God's been doing in 2008. I asked our video team uh, of one person to put together this video. <laughs> Sarah was giving me a hard time there before the service that I called her a video team in the last service. So um, 
I usually just call her the video guy, but that, that feels like sometimes that's a little weird. So, um, yeah, she put together this video for us, though. 2008, year in review. Go over our series that we uh, did in 2008, just real briefly, and some really cool things that happened. So I hope you enjoy this. Let's watch. You find hypocrisy in your life? God said, just bag it. Get rid of it. You said we needed to give ourselves away, so that's Ernest giving himself away. But this thing is so big, and it's so hard to get money out of the driver's seat that God actually says to his people, just try it. Try me. Look at this. God says, put me to the test. At some point in your life and my life, we're going to be in a place where the wheels have fallen off and we can't get an answer from God. If you've ever gone through a crisis like this, you know you can get into a crisis in just a few moments, and it's like things can turn at the end, but it's getting through that painful part that's so difficult. God has given every human being equal value. That is a hard thing to really grasp, though. I mean, we can say it, but it's something else to really live it and feel it and and have it part of our thinking in our lives. Turn left. Turn left. In the story of Hagar tells us this. The chances are none of us is going to have a life like that. But you can handle life as long as you know that God sees you. What does God do when we determine that we know better than he does and we find out, God already knew, but we find out that it wasn't smart and we've made enough bad turns that we're sincerely lost as relates to God's will. You notice that we're living in a very angry world. I mean, people just carry anger with them, and it comes out. Anger is a killer. And that's why I'm starting this series today called Pack and Heat. I'm an impatient person. I just want things done my way and when I want it done. That's all I ask of life. (laughs) And because of that, I've struggled with anger. Can you even imagine getting into a fight with a guy doing Taibo? It's like, bring it on, dude. Let's go. Come on. That's my goal in life is to go to Krispy Kreme, lay on that conveyor belt when it goes under the icing part.
kind of ranking people. Of course, you don't actually hand out numbers. I realize that's stupid, but you're doing that with your mind anytime you're in an environment, whether it's your workplace, whether it's some kind of unusual situation you've walked into, your family. You're constantly ranking and evaluating where do I fit in into the importance scale. And, you know, then there's somebody that in the group always that you go, all right, he's like way down the list. All right. why the world today rejects Christianity? It's because when they smell, they don't smell anything different. They hear it from us. You know, we got our bumper stickers, Christians aren't perfect, they're just forgiven, you know? That's just what a lot of us are, just forgiven. I mean, it's like, never went anywhere. I accept, thank you, Jesus, thanks for dying for me, good. I'm going to go on down and live my life, keep my box to myself. Maybe if I feel real good about you, I'll just like take out a little ointment, put it on your head, but in the words of that song from the 80s, it's my life. text that I think is so powerful and it says God sees clearly what people do. What that means is God looks through the smoke, looks through the fog, looks through the haze. Sex is only big if it's right because I want you to know God wants sex to be a big deal in your life. Listen, God wants to talk to you about sex. God wants you to know, number one, that it's exciting and it's pleasurable. God wants you to know it's a need. And number three, you know, God wants you to know that it's only big when it's right. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I got soul. 
message was Jonah running from God. God said to Jonah, I have a job for you to do. Remember, Jonah was a peace-loving guy. His name means dove. He didn't want any conflict, didn't want any trouble. He'd been having a real easy ministry. He'd been telling people good stuff. It had been coming true. People had been telling him he was a great guy. And God said, Jonah, we're going to just upset the apple cart here a little bit because I want you to go preach a message. And I don't want you to preach in Israel. I want you to go to Nineveh. So God said to Jonah, I just, I'm so tired of all their wickedness. I want you to go tell them to straighten up or I'm going to destroy them. And uh, Jonah was saying, man, I'm, I don't do that. I'm dove. I'm a peace-loving guy. I don't want to go over there. I don't want to upset things. And so he ran from God because Jonah finally is running with God. He is synced up with God. I'm actually struggling with my faith and I have been for a while. Just a lot of questions. And, uh, and I read a quote last week, and it was, uh, you know, the, about faith is it's, uh, you don't have to see the whole staircase. You just take the first step. And I tell you, just what, what I've seen tonight, uh, it, it encouraged me to take that first step. And that's what I've done. So it was wonderful. I did, absolutely. I made a decision tonight. It's just amazing what you guys presented and the way you did it. And it's awesome, awesome church, awesome experience. So thank you. Yes, sir. I accept Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I decided to turn my life over to God because I'm tired of living the way I used to live and I'm wanting to be up there with my family. I mean, my grand, my great-grandmother, she passed away in 2000. And she told me, she's like, one of these days you're going to turn your life over to God and this is the day that I turned my life over to her. I think that to some extent everybody is searching for something. And I think that, at least from my experience early on, um, so much of what I was searching for was just answers. And what I really appreciated about the Starting Point program was that it was a situation where you could come in and ask your questions. These people really want to be able to help you find the truth, and they're not going to judge you by the questions that you may have. I understand it. This book represents an account that I have. That's what my wife tells me. Good night. Ah! That one. Good night. Oh, try that one. Ma'am, this is Dylan's card. <laughs> Everything we have can be taken away in a heartbeat. You know, you say, well, Mark, I'm a success. I am the best at what I do. Guys, I love you enough to tell you, I've seen people who are very successful who lost everything in a flash. God says, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I'm going to try to make it through this. And when my life is whole again, when life is back to normal, when people love me, when people understand me, when good things are happening again, when things resolve, then I'll become productive again.
It was a pretty awesome year, wasn't it? You know, I want to do more than just reminisce this morning, though. I want to talk, just kind of go back over some of those series just in a really quick format, and then I want to ask you one very important question, and we'll sing a little bit, and then we'll go home, all right? So we go all the way back to January of last year, and we talked about 8 Success Street was the name of the series. It was like Sesame Street in here. You know, we had the crazy puppets and all kinds of goofy things going on. But really what we were talking about are some basics of the Christian walk. It's this. Are you reading your Bible? Are you talking to God in prayer? Are you giving of yourself to other people? Are you tithing? Those basic things. And so many of you made incredible decisions during that series. I, I know because a lot of you have told me or I've, I've heard, the, heard them via testimony videos or things like that, that you made a decision to act on what God was putting in your heart and God blessed you for it. Then we moved from the puppets and the craziness to silence. Everything was in black and white and kind of dark. Talked about the life of Job and how there are times in our life when it seems like God is silent. You know, 2008 personally was a tough year for us as a family. I lost my grandmother and my father both in 2008. Seemed like there were several things that happened that, that, that at times made me say, God, you know, what's going on here? Why, why are you letting this happen? But you know what? The series Silence was all about this, that God has our best interest in mind. Even when it seems that he's silent, he is still working on our behalf. And so maybe there are some decisions you made in that series to say, God, I'm going to turn loose of the, of the anger, of the hostility, of the frustration of my life and let you have it and let you work. That was silence. From silence, we had one weekend that was pretty interesting called New Spring 360. And it was simply we were talking about sending the gospel of Jesus Christ that we talk about each and every week here at New Spring around the world. You see, there are people who live in countries all around the world. We call them missionaries. They tell people about the gospel. And we asked you, would you help us participate in that missions by, by financing these missionaries? So maybe you made a decision then to say, yeah, I'm going to give some money to help those people spread the gospel. And that's something that, a decision that you made. Or maybe you at least said, man, I, I would like to consider that. From there, we went into how life works. You remember the big gears on the stage, all those crazy things? Don't we have just an amazing set team that they work on those things? They're so creative, and yeah, absolutely. Give them a round of applause. I have a friend up in Indiana, that uh, a worship pastor up there, and I hope he doesn't watch this online. He'll get mad at me. But um, he sent uh, an email saying, hey, can you send me a picture of your set? Because I want my team here to build that. I was like, good luck. Because <laughs> um, those guys are amazing. They're talented, and they work extremely hard. But how life works was all about math signs. God adds. Satan takes away. God multiplies when we give him what's in our hand. He can multiply it far more than we can just gather things and add them up. God multiplies when we give it to him. He talks about division, about how if we'll budget our life, not, not just our money, but our time and our life, that we can be effective. And then the last message was on equals, the fact that God has created every human being in his image. So it was talking about prejudice, and a lot of times, you know, how we'll get upset or we'll have, we'll have decisions about somebody just because of a stereotype or some preconceived idea we have instead of showing them God's love. So maybe during that message, you know, God worked in your heart, and you said, yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some positive steps in that area. I'm going to ask God to help me with this. Now, why am I bringing all this up? And we'll get back into the series in just a second. 
It's this, that so many of us want God to do something awesome in our lives this year. I don't think, I, I don't think anybody in this room, and I, maybe I'm wrong, I don't think anybody in this room wants to live your whole life and at the end have someone say, yeah, that was so-so, <laughs> right? No, we want to make a difference, don't we? We want our life to count for something. We want God to do something really awesome with our lives to make a difference. Let me see if I can illustrate it this way. Uh, for Christmas, I bought my son, Micah. Any of you know Micah, my son, five years old? Yeah. That boy knows how to live life, let me tell you. He loves life, every second of it. Um, and he's gotten into Legos here lately. So for Christmas, I thought I'd buy him some Legos. Um, it hasn't really gone too well. He actually, the boxes were still unopened as of yesterday. I had to open it to get this out. Um, but what I saw in this box, I was like, that's so cool. Look, we can have like a, uh, an airplane, the helicopter thing. That's going to be so cool. He's going to love that. And, you know, when I opened the box, I was a little distraught, though. It's not assembled. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just came as pieces, you know. And my wife's so organized, I asked her to put this in the Tupperware thing for me so I wouldn't lose anything. Um, but it just comes in pieces. I have to put it together. So, I mean, if I were going to do that, you know, I might look at the picture and go, well, uh, it's got like a wing out there. Let's see if I can find a wing in here somewhere. All right, good. Uh, I'll just, I'll stick this wing over here, I guess. And let's see, what else we got? Yeah, is that going to work? Probably not. I mean, if you know me pretty well, you know that absolutely won't work. But um, I need something to get to that final product, right? I need some instructions, I need like a guidebook. I need a, an assembly manual. Fortunately, Lego thought of this. You know, they're smart people over there at Lego. Um, and so they give me this little instruction guide. And I, I don't know if you've ever worked with these or not, but they don't have any words. They're just pictures, okay? So the first picture, it says step one. Find one of these little flat white pieces and plug one of these little gray angled pieces onto it. All right. So we're going to find a little, I'm just for sake of time, I'm going to skip ahead here. All right. I'll find this uh, white piece, and I'm going to plug this little gray piece on there. That's, that's simple enough, right? Okay, put that on there. All right, cool. I'm going to go back and look at step two. It says to add a couple. Ah, that's a kind of a boring step. Let's see. Let's go on over here. Yeah, step eight. That looks good right there. I'll just uh, put that on over there. Is that going to work? <laughs> no. Some of you are going, why not? <laughs> sure. You'll get done a lot faster. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not going to work, right? Because I'm not following the instructions. I'm not following the steps here. I'm kind of doing my own thing, right? I've, I've skipped some steps. Well, you know what? That's how it is in our lives. You know those things that God placed on your heart in 2008? That when Mark was up here speaking, something inside said, Yeah, that's, that's me. God, help me, help me do that. Help me apply that to my life. It was some step. It was some step. Have you done that step yet? Because until you do, God's not going to be able to complete that product that he wants in your life. He's not going to let you skip ahead to step eight, step nine. He's not going to let you substitute. You know, what if I got over here to step one and it says, you know, put this little white, white block on here and I go, white block? I don't want to put a white block up. I really like this yellow one better. This, this one's so much more attractive. I'm going to put this one on. Same problem, right? 
I'm going to end up not being able to complete what it is that needs to be completed. So that's what's happening in our life is we, we have been given a next step, the next thing to do in our life. And God's waiting for us to do that. So let's go back to our series for just a minute. You know, those, those things that we said at the beginning of the year are the basics to the Christian life. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with those commitments that you made? Did, did God put it on your heart? Hey, I should get in God's word. I should read the Bible. I should try to read it every day. Or I should try to make sure I'm talking to God and really including him in on my life. How are we doing with that stuff? Or maybe God challenged you in the area of tithing. We don't talk about money very much around here. But God says he... Tithing is one of the few times, in fact, Mark mentioned it in the video, that God actually says, try me out. Test me. You give, see if I don't bless you back. Maybe that's the step you need to take. Maybe it's just an issue of trust. Maybe you're still struggling with trust. or You've got that anger toward God over situations that have happened in your life that are no good. And you're wanting God to do good things, but you're not willing to let go of that anger. You're not willing to let go of that frustration or that distrust. Or we talked about how life works, any of those things in there. Well, after how life works, we talked about GPS. It was a series basically about God's will. You know, God's will is not complicated. I don't know. If you've been a, a follower of Jesus for a long time, sometimes us church people like to talk about God's will like it's some kind of mysterious code. You know, you get the secret decoder ring, and you get to scan it, and, oh, there's God's will for my life. Finally. God's will is a simple thing. You know what God's will is? It's just what we're talking about today, to do the next thing, to do what God's placed on your heart to do, to step out in faith. That means simply trusting that God really does know best and do it. Well, after uh, GPS, we went into that crazy series, Pack and Heat. You, like, you know, the, ooh, that thing. We're talking about anger. Now, we live in a fast-paced society, don't we? And our culture, man, we're, so many of us are stressed to the max and and, in fact, I was talking to, to Darren. He took a trip to China uh, a few weeks ago, and he was saying in China that the way they drive is like everybody kind of gets to do their own thing. And, you know, if you're in the right lane and there's four lanes beside you, it's okay if you want to turn left. Just go ahead. And he said, people are just letting them do it. Nobody's honking their horn. Nobody's getting angry. And we were laughing because we said, can you imagine if that happened here? Boy, there'd be road rage all over the place. You know, we're just an anger. We're, we, we're, we're stressed out. We're tense. And so the anger tends to manifest itself. Maybe God's working in your heart on anger back in 2008. And how are you doing with that? Is that the next step for you? You see, he, God's not going to let it go for you to get to do something else and say, okay, yeah, I know I've got that issue. I know, God, you're working on my heart. And yeah, but you know, that's just who I am. That's how I'm wired. And I'll, I'll work on something else. It's just like if I just got to pick and choose what instructions I do in my manual over here. I'm not going to end up with the, with, with the way that things are supposed to be. After packing heat, we moved into a, a month where we actually weren't in series. We were just talking about uh, different things, different uh, applications of God's word to our lives. Um, after packing heat and after that month off, we talked about identify. And all identify was, was this. Have you identified yourself as a follower of Jesus? Have you placed your trust in him to be a follower of Jesus? You know, if you're a follower of Christ, if you've accepted Christ into your life and you've, you've prayed that prayer with Mark and you said, God, I want you to be in my life. I want you to take charge. The Bible says that the next step for you is to publicly tell people, hey, 
I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. And the Bible says the way that we do that is through something called baptism. You saw it in the video just a minute ago. Back in August, August 24th of 2008, we held an event called Watermark. We've actually done several baptisms since then, uh, even, I think, just uh, back in November. People saying, I am a follower of Jesus. So maybe the next step for you, you've accepted Christ, but you've not made it public. Maybe the next step for you is baptism. We're going to do another Watermark coming up in August of this year. Uh, it's just going to be incredible. Maybe that's something you can say, yeah, I'm going I'm to take that next step. Maybe, though, you're not a follower of Christ yet. You're, you've been coming to New Spring. You love what's going on here. You love how you feel when you come. But you have not made that step that says, Jesus, I want you to be the ruler of my life. I want you to take over my life. Show me how to live. I believe you died for me. Maybe that's the next step for you. That is the most cri- critical, crucial step in your life is to place your faith in Jesus. At the end of our, our talk this morning, I'm going to give you a chance to do that. Maybe that's your next step. Well, after, uh, after Identify, we had Pillow Talk, where we were just talking about relationships. We were talking about marriage. We were talking about sex and love and what God has to say about it. Maybe there are issues in your marriage. Maybe there are issues in your, in your relationship, uh, in your relational life, if you're single here. Maybe you said, God, I'm going to keep myself pure and wait until marriage to have sex because that's how you've designed it. Maybe that's the next step you need to take. Maybe you've wavered off that and you say, God, I really want to get that. I want to get that right. Maybe some of you uh, in your marriages, you've, you've been struggling and you want to serve God. You want God to do awesome things. You know, you want God to create something really cool out of your life. But you've still got these issues that, that you're not willing to work out in your marriage. Husbands, let me talk to you for a second. This is, this is pretty heavy, so forgive me in advance. But you know that the Bible tells us that if a husband isn't treating his wife right, his prayers won't be answered. God just says, Buddy, do what you're supposed to do first. <laughs> Can you believe that? So husbands, maybe the next step for you is to, is to reconcile with your wife, is to do some things that God's placing in your heart to show her that you love her. Um, the series after that was running, talking about Jonah. He ran away from God, and then God, he ran toward God, and then he ran with God. And then as so many of us do, we think we're pretty smart and think we're pretty clever and spiritual and all that and run ahead of God and start telling him how things should be who needs to do what, and we become critical at evaluating everything around us. Ouch. That one hit me pretty close to home because I am an evaluator at heart. Maybe you need to make some, some decisions there, some steps there to say, God, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to let you into that part of my life. We did games people play, and we talked about control and, the, and uh, the obsession with things and hypocrisy, how we put on the church face, how we're one way when we're with one group of people and we're different when we're with another group of people. That hits pretty close to home as well. There's some decisions that have to be made there. After that, we did Dreams, a series we just finished up last week, that God has awesome things in store for you, and you're, just, you're to hold on to those dreams that God has placed in your life. So my question is this, what's your next step? What's your next step to allow God to really do what he wants to do in your life this year? Now, maybe you're saying, okay, that's cool and all. I don't know what my next step is. I mean, that's, those are great series and all that. That's wonderful, but I don't know what my next step is. I, you know, how do you identify that? Here's one way that I found really helpful in my own life. You know when uh, you hear something, you'll hear somebody talking about an issue or, or uh, maybe you're with some other Christians and they say, you know, one of them might say something that God's working on their life in, or, or maybe Mark, when he's up here speaking, he says something, and inside your heart, you kind of go like this, oh, that can't, 
that's just, that can't be right. That's not, that's not for me. That's for you. <laughs> okay? When you throw that little resistance thing up there, when you, when you stiff arm God and you go, yeah, you, you can't get into this area. Okay? You can talk to me about my time. You can talk to me about my relationships. Don't talk to me about money. Mm, bingo. There you go. You got it. All right? Or you can talk to me about my money. You can talk to me about my relationships, but don't talk to me about my time. Okay? You got it there. Don't talk to me about anger. Anger is just, that's how I am. When you're throwing up the defensive stuff, yep, that's where it's at. You see what I'm saying? You identify where the conflict is, where that pushback is against truth, and that's the spot that God wants you to to give over to him. Now, why is that? Is God just, he's up there going, ha-ha. No. God wants complete control of your life, and there's one very important reason why. You ready for this? He's the one who made you. He's the one who wrote the manual. If you don't give him control, we're going to end up in all kinds of pieces and all kinds of crazy stuff when we get done because we haven't followed what he's saying. He's saying, here's how to live life. Here's how to live a, a successful, effective life. Would you just trust me? Would you, would you go to step two? Would you just look for the gray thing and stick it on the thing and quit making up other things? Would you quit trying to skip steps? Do the next thing that I'm asking you to do. That's my challenge for you today. 2009 is going to be awesome. God's going to do amazing, amazing. It'll even be cooler than this helicopter plane looking thing. All right? God wants to do that in your life. So take that next step. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. We're grateful that you are the one who made us. And that you're the one who wrote the manual. And God, you've given us clear instruction on how to live our lives. And God, the road for each of us, um, God, is just one step at a time. That has nothing to do with our relationship with you. It simply has to do with living the effective life that you've, that you've created us to live. Thank you for that, God. Let me talk to those of you in this room now, if you'll just keep your eyes closed for a second. I mentioned a second ago that maybe your next step simply needs to be accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, as the one who is in control, who rules your life. You see, until you take that step, God can't complete what he wants to do in your life. If you'd like to make that decision today, it's the most incredible thing you can do. You simply call out to God. You can just talk to him in your heart. You say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that Jesus died to pay for my sin because my sin deserves separation from you. Thank you for paying for my sin. I believe that Jesus lives again. He's in heaven. And God, because of what Jesus has done, I know I can live in heaven one day as well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you look up this way? If you prayed that prayer with me today, we would love to help you out and kind of take those next steps, help you know what some of those next steps are in your life. Uh, I've got this little packet that we've uh, got some DVDs and stuff in that I'd love to give you. Um, If you'd fill out that talk to us card and just check that box, say, I prayed to receive Christ today and then take it by guest services or New Spring Store right out the main doors there. They'll give this to you. They won't ask you to recite anything, uh, won't, won't recite the Gettysburg Address or anything. They'll just give it to you. And um, if, you, if you don't want to do that, you can just fill out your address and drop it in the offering bags in just a second or in the boxes at the base of the stairs as you leave today. All right? Thank you so much for your time and for your attendance today. It's been an awesome uh, opportunity to be with you today.